Welcome to the George Lynch Hunting Podcast. Hi, I'm George Lynch, your host. This podcast is sponsored by Legendary Gear, the game call company that is legend by design. You can check them out on legendarygearusa.com. Well, folks, I've been waiting for a long time for this podcast, and I'm proud to say we have uh, Jesse Hyling from the Rite Shotguns. Jesse, welcome on board. Man, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and say real quick, that's my my fault for not being <laughs> a little more prompt to this, and I hate that we've been so busy, but I'm glad to be here right now with you for sure. Well, Jesse, that's a good thing being busy. I mean, in today's time, if you're not busy, something's wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not a bad problem to have, for sure. but but there is some time where I, I'd like to just sit back and maybe go hunt a turkey or do something like that. Yeah, you know, just real quick on a personal note, you know, when I, you and I spoke at the World Goose this year, you had some issues with your daughter there. Is she doing fine? I did. I, I appreciate that very much. Yeah, we, uh, we, we, we've been through it. I tell you, my wife has been, uh, she's my rock of everything, but at the same time, she really had, had, had taken a, a, a larger role in our relationship just by our daughter was, uh, diagnosed with epilepsy back in September. And I was actually on the road when, uh, when she first started having seizures and, uh, I was all the way in Reno, Nevada at a black group show, actually, and, and she called me the one morning, and, and I, I thought, yeah, wow, she's, she said she looks like she was falling asleep, and I said, well, maybe she's tired, but then that obviously escalated into a lot more, and we spent a week in Children's Hospital, and they've, uh, you know, luckily being in Maryland, where we're located at, we're only about an hour away from D.C., and, and I know sometimes that's probably a hindrance in a lot of a lot of parts of our world, but um, the one good thing about that is we have some of the best doctors in the world right there at Children's Hospital, and um, so we, we've, we've been working with them, and, and she She's doing, she's doing great right now. So, What's her name? Hadley. Hadley. Well, we're going to keep Hadley in our yep. thoughts and prayers, okay? Absolutely. I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you what. I've been in waterfowl, geez, a little bit over <laughs> 45 years, and uh, it's been a long time. And uh, I think I tell people, joke around, so I've been in it so long, I said, I think I guided Jesus once on a hunt. <laughs> but but uh, you know what? Give me... Uh, a background there. You know, that's my about your background there. Can you give us a little bit of your background and what your yeah. position is with Retay? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm our vice president of sales and marketing here at Retay USA. Uh, we're based out of Easton, Maryland. Um, you know, one of the big things, obviously, uh, people will always ask for a U.S. made company. Obviously, Retay is a Turkish brand, and we'll talk about that more later. Um, but we're actually on the Eastern Shore, so you get to spend a little bit of time here every year for the World Waterfowl Festival, which is right here in our our hometown of Easton, Maryland. And uh, so I'm, not, I'm originally from the western side of Maryland, out of Frederick County, uh, about two and a half hours away from here, but grew up. Uh, you know, doing the same thing as everybody else could dream of is, is is hunting, fishing, and being a kid, and played some baseball and and football throughout high school, and ended up uh, you know playing a little bit of baseball after high school and college and independent league. So well, I got done with that and uh, playing football. <laughs> well, yeah, I look. It was a hard. It was a decision I had to make. Uh, my senior year of high school, whether I wanted to go and, and put a couple pounds on to go play football or, or take some pounds off and stay on the baseball field. But my heart was always in the baseball diamond. So. Absolutely. That's my background. Uh, baseball, I love playing it. and You know, coached it uh, from, from peewee to traveling older young men. But uh, And how did this position come about? That's, uh, that's probably the craziest part of this whole deal. So we've, uh, as I'm the vice president of sales and marketing. Um, so uh, three and a half, well, four years ago now, uh, Chris Handy, our owner and CEO of, uh, of Retail USA, uh, we, we met on a whim. I found, uh, I found the product when he first had brought it into the U- United States in 2018. Um, and, and seeing that at the Waterfowl Festival, actually, I was there as an, as an attendant and, uh, 
wasn't in the outdoor industry at that point in time, but just like everybody else, I always dreamed of it. And I, I joke all the time, you know, I, I always wanted to be the next Jim Shockey or the next Michael Waddell, but I was too ugly. So I had to figure out another position to, to get into the outdoor world. So. Well, you could have been a George Lynch then. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't have been a bad thing. <laughs> So, but they, uh, you know, so Chris and I had met and, uh, and I knew right away, you know, after meeting Chris and his personality and the way that he was driven and, uh, in his work ethic that him and I were going to get along extremely well. Um, we're both workaholics and, and knew that there was something in the product that I wanted to you know, definitely be a part of. So, um, in 2019, I, I up and moved my family with my, talking about my daughter, she was uh, one month old. And then I have a son as well, Levi, who is, uh, he's now five, but he was, he was two. Um, so we moved in 2019. My wife quit her job. She's an elementary school teacher and, um, didn't even, didn't even have a, a true position with Rita yet when they had, had originally moved down to the Eastern shore. And Chris was like, man, I don't, I don't even know how we're going to pay you at this point. And I said, look, I'm going to, you know, I kind of told a little fib to him and said, look, man, you know, my, my me and my wife have been talking about this for years and we want to, we're going to move to the Eastern shore. And he's like, really? And it wasn't until recently that I told him that that was a complete lie. I just moved ah. down here to be a part of this and be closer. So <laughs> It was uh, it was it was a, a rough transition at first, but it, it uh, paid out well, and in, in, you know where we are, and, and the growth that this company's had in so in such a short period of time has been been astounding to to really be a part of. So it's uh, it's really a dream come true for me. Well, it's awesome. I've been to all over on the Eastern Shore, and, and I'll tell you what the, the the thing that gives Maryland a bad name is the West Side of Maryland because once you cross <laughs> that bridge, I tell you, I love all of yeah. Maryland. You know the crab. And going doing the festival, I think I've done the World Goose six or seven times, and you know it's that. And I tell everybody it's one of my favorite places. And I used to hunt there a lot with Trevor. We filmed a lot over there, and you know even though you were killing two geese, only two geese and stuff, but it's just it was like you were in the the heart of this where it all originated. Yep. You're in the heart of goose hunting. This is where it began. That's it. And, uh, yep, every every bit of waterfowl, you know that's that's what's cool about this area. You know, obviously we were we were better better known for geese, um, you know, over the past twenty years. But you know, really going back to it, the outlaw gunners of Chesapeake Bay, you know, when those guys were market hunting back in those days with punt guns and, and sink boats, man, that's where you know that set a lot of the major cities on the east, eastern seaboard. Um, you know, between those guys were rolling up in the middle of uh, you know, rafts of thousands of redheads and canvasbacks and just letting you know bolts and nails and you know anything they could jam down into a punt gun roll and and uh it was it was such a cool thing if you i don't know if you've ever read the book or not but outlaw gunners the chesapeake bay is probably my favorite book and more than likely just because it's one of the only books i ever read you know front to back so you who's the author of that i'm not sure to tell you the truth it's uh it, it there's not a place on the eastern shore that you couldn't walk in and uh it actually tell you what when, this year when you come down i'll have one here for you awesome buddy i tell you what that's it, like i said the I went there, I think it was when I first started dating Diane, it was that year, and uh, I think it's Brothers Crab Soup that was they had downtown, and I bought oh, yeah. I bought $100 worth of that crab soup, and then <laughs> bought the special foil and delivered it back to her, you know, because she's, she's from New Hampshire, Maine, and that's where she grew up, so that was, you know, it's okay, crab cool. and everything else, oh yeah, downhill skiing and stuff like that. Absolutely. So, you know, yeah, we're we're flatlanders over here. We don't, exactly. we don't have any any hills. I mean, you, you might be able to, you know, get a little speed going down your driveway or something like that. That's about it. Well, it's funny you mention that. When I was out in Utah elk hunting, I got to hunt only like three days with the guys bow hunting, and it was I was I mean to me it was turkey hunting on steroids. But 
I mean, for three days, I slept sitting up because I was gasping for air. We were, we were camped at 10.5, and then you're up at 11, almost cool. Dude, I didn't pee for three days. I didn't drink water. And I, all they did was laugh and call me a damn flatlander. And I said, you know flatlander. <laughs> Heaven, to me, would be an able to hunt elk on flat land. <laughs> that would be with some trees to block you. That's it. Exactly. But now I'll tell you what, <laughs> I've been with Rattay for about two years now, and the, you're really starting to see a lot of uh, commotion, a lot of attention people are getting, you know, you see on social media. When I post, just when I start, and guys are looking, they're always looking for that new and, and best thing that's coming out there. Absolutely. It's just, you know, it's, a, it's I guess it's a human a need, a human niche. Yeah. But, um, you know, I gave it two years of, of, of hard testing. And I'm, you know, we hunt, but we hunt hard. We hunt like guys hunt. Serious hunters. We hunt right. like serious hunters hunt. And, you know, and, and I haven't had one flaw with the gun. And uh, it's just, to me, the simplicity. And when I want to talk, you know, to me, when I'm with a shotgun, I might not know, you know, all the mechanics, even though manufacturing is my background in designing. But with me with a gun, yes, it's like, a, you know, shaking hands with an old friend. When you grab it, it feels like you're <laughs> right at home. It feels like, you know, I know without shooting that gun, when I shoulder it and point from shooting all these years that I know that I can hit with that gun. And, and because I don't have to two-stage it when I shoulder, I mean, it's just that one swift motion up to my face and under the cheekbone. Absolutely. And the next thing is, you know, so I know there's two things. It shoulders well, and the number two thing, it patterns well. And and I've really noticed Absolutely. that Rite patterns and I, like I said, dude, I shot for the, I shot, I'm not going to mention, but I shot for the best of them out there. And yep. the Rite is, it's just, it's, you know, I love it. That's what we're shooting. I like the, everything, the pointability of it. And, uh, you know, some guys here in my area now are, are, are getting Rite's. And like I said, just on social media, guys are private messaging. Yes. Hey man, how do you really like that Rite? And, um, <laughs> you know, and that's like, well, each individual, man, you know, you're out for, you know, it's, it's up to your own opinion, but this is my opinion. Absolutely. And I tell them, you know, they're all good, but here's my opinion. And this is why I shoot right. it. And this is why I like it. So, so. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head with that too. The, the biggest thing is, you know, it's been 20 years, 25 years since something new has been, you know, available on the shelves everywhere across the country and in the shotgun world, in the rifle and handgun world, you know, there's, there's a new product launching every day. Um, but, you know, as far as technology in the shotgun world, there hasn't really been anything moving for 25 years. Um, so for, we're, when, when we did release the, you know, the one thing you talk about pointability and, and me personally being a waterfowl guy, you know, being from Maryland, I didn't, I don't like a bulky gun. And, and that's something that, you know, you couldn't really do with gas guns. And I don't clean. I'd be flat honest with you. I don't clean guns. When they slide across the, the back carpet in my truck, that's about as much as cleaning as they'll ever get. But so gas doesn't really do it for me because I'm going to have, you know, issues down the road. And inertia is, you know, key. But for the, uh, the pointability and everything else, you can have, you know, all the bells and whistles that you want to. But at the end of the day, a shotgun comes down to one thing. That's the barrel, right? So, the, the barrels that we have are actually deep bore drilled barrels. We're not hammer forging barrels, which is a, a common practice across every other shotgun manufacturer out there that Absolutely. they, they will take a, yeah. And, and it's, it, and look, it, it's cheaper, it's faster, and they can produce a, a lot more of them than we can, but not striving, you know, striding away from the quality. When we go in, we take a single piece of bowler steel that comes in as a solid rod of raw metal. 
right? So you've never, there's never been a heat or, or, or a tamp or a, a hammer ever touch it. And then we go in and deep bore drill so that every time you get a hundred percent straight barrel. So that's where you're talking about the patterning and things, you know, it jumps out there and it's definitely leading the market on, you know, pattern density as, 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 as you know, but that comes down to also we, we elongate our forcing cones. So that's straight from the factory, which is something that you would have to send away to somebody normally with any other gun. You know, you should never have to buy a product and send it to somebody to get the shoot better, right? Well, that's my philosophy. You know, you're right. And, and, and if you check probably 90% of serious waterfowl or serious guys who, you know, yeah. um, that's what they do. We, we send them off because we're trying yeah. to get the ultimate pattern. We, you know, we're trying to take every advantage we can of it. And the average yep. guy that when I guided, you know, the average guy that sit there and they miss a goose or they miss a duck, they just thought either they were a crappy shot and they couldn't do it. And I said, dude, do you ever pattern that gun? Do you ever see how it shoots? And they don't know. And and I said, it's not, might not yep. be the gun, you know, you just got to get it to fit you. And, but yeah, the cool thing, 95% is, of waterfowl hunters will never put a gun on paper ever. I agree with that. And then the cool thing with the day, another thing you'll notice when you grab and you point with it, but when you grab that carriage bolt and you rack it, you just you're you're exactly right. The machining of that that it just rides yeah. on that rail and <laughs> so quick and so smooth, and then that carriage bolt just comes right back. It's 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 just like yeah. butter. Yeah, absolutely, and that, and that is the you know the first patent on the product as well. So the Inertia Plus bolt system is uh, is patented to retail, and and we'll have that for for the next 33 years, whatever it is. Um, but what it's done is it actually it's eliminated the problem that was out there with Inertia products, where the bolt system would actually be jarred or bumped out of battery. So the bolt face would not be in contact with the shell anymore, and you'd get that dreaded click, right? And you know, as a turkey hunter, especially. You could you can stomp through the woods, you can yell, you can talk to your buddy, smoke a cigarette, but the first time that, that gun clicks, it sounds like a Moab bomb going off to a turkey for some reason. And that's a uh, that's just something that we've been able to eliminate with the inertia plus system. And that's that's what you're feeling there. That's that easy slide that uh, the machining on the rails are just it's it's second to none. Well, the only bad thing about that, and I don't know if I've done it, I might have seen it done back in the older days, and I won't mention, but some of the older inertia guns. They used to be able to catch, you know, when you catch a guy sleeping in his layout blind, you just kind of sneak over there and oh, just take your finger and move it absolutely. his boat a little bit. And then when the goose would come <laughs> in, we all shoot and his gun. He's sitting there, you hear, damn, damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't, I won't say that I, uh, that I do it on purpose, but there's very few times that I won't take that opportunity to make sure I don't grab and get somebody on that too. So. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, but you know what, that pattern, but doing that, that is awesome. You know, you, and you have the right yes, attitude. It's kind of what legendary gear, what we did, you know, we, when that customer gets that product, they want to go use it. They don't want to have to sit there and, and be an engineer, you know, thought and have to right. re-engineer the product for them. And you guys have done the yeah. engineering for them, for the hunter. Before yes, they get, that's awesome. And uh, absolutely, yeah. And, and when guys call us, a lot of times the first thing they'll say is, you know, hey, what uh, what shell shoot good out of that gun? And, and I kind of chuckle, you know. And they're like, well, what choke tubes are you shooting? And I said, man, you know, honestly, the the stigma is, you know, with with a, a gun that doesn't have an elongated forcing cone, the problem is is that you're going from two different diameters in the barrel very quickly. So you're going in maybe a half inch distance, right? So you're in a 12 gauge. It's point. 808 or i'm sorry 0.801 okay is the the chamber diameter and then you're actually going to 0.724 of the barrel diameter in a half inch so what that does is creates a lot of spin friction 
Um, you know, it, it creates elongation in the shot pattern, things that we don't want, right? The things that we couldn't, you know, really as, as a true hardcore waterfowler, like you were saying, you want to be able to make sure that every shot counts and that you're, you're dialing your, it's just like baseball, right? You want to kind of hone your craft in, but with an elongated forcing cone, it's actually preconditioning that shot pattern before it ever gets to a choke tube. So for me, I do shoot some, some aftermarket choke tubes, but I tell everybody, go put your, your modified choke tube on paper, right from the factory and see what it looks like and see if you need anything more than that. That's a good advice right there. I mean, if, yes, sir. if we didn't have to shoot aftermarket, like you said, a lot of that is because of, you know, the forcing cone, you're trying to re reform that shot before yep. it heads out because it all gets pinched and squished and deformed. And oh yeah. Absolutely. That's a good point. So yeah, flyers, flyers, flyers are the reason that a lot of guys, you know, that's why cripples are a, a bigger concern for some people than, than others. Right. You know, when you're taking 280 to 340 pellets and you're throwing it at them and you're doing it in a, a very constricted way, you know, steel's hard and, and it's not going to, it doesn't, it's not like lead, right. It doesn't conform and allow itself to move around. So I always use the adage of if you take two golf balls and you put them between your thumb and your middle finger and you push them together, what's going to happen at some point? They're going to spin out. Well, the same concept happens with steel shot. Once you, you know, you're putting a larger size steel shot through a constricted choke tube, that, that's what's happening. You know, a lot of guys will be like, well, I shoot an extra long range, you know, extended full with BBs. It's like, man, have you ever put it on paper? And they're like, oh, no, I kill them and I'm fine, you know. But if they put it on paper, they may step back for a minute and be like, eh, I may want to tune this in. I, you know what, the, the, you made a great point, and I've been an advocate about this because I'm all, you know, our job is to get these, you know, when the birds come in, it, it's that 40 yards, and, and if we can, and, and in, yep. everybody wants that. But, you know, if you're going to take the longer shots, have, and you said, I, have you patterned your guns? Because I think that there's more cripples out there every year from flyers that, uh, you know, a guy mm -hmm. might not have been shooting it, but when you got, you know, a wad of uh, geese or ducks are out there, and, and I think it hits the duck harder than it does the goose, just because it's yeah. smaller and everything, and, you know, they end up maybe being maimed or they end up flying back to some other place and dying. But uh, I dying, believe right? that, you know, being anything that we can do to give back to the to the, to what yep. we do and to create, to try to be more humane, and, and, and like, like you said, less, but I believe that, more cripples out there because of flyers. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and I get a lot of a lot of guff from guys, you know. And I'm always the, I'm normally the biggest guy in the blind, right? And and, and I, I shoot the smallest gun. I shoot 20 gauge day in day out for everything: ducks, geese, turkeys, all of it. And uh, and guys will be like, man, yeah. You know, if I you know, look at your your guy who also says, you know, I, I shoot a three and a half because they don't make a four inch, right? Well, <laughs> that's fine and dandy, but the difference is is that I'm tr I'm trying to gain the best density of pattern that I possibly can, which eliminates a ton of you know, cripples, number one, but there is a definite difference between hitting and killing and then flat missing. I'm fine with flat missing, you know, and that's why, you know, we've, we work a lot with the patterns that we use during waterfowl season to make sure that we have a good uniform, you know, not a lot of gaps, you know, I, I have good coverage, you know, so I'm kind of a, as you can tell, I'm a, I'm a pattern nerd, if you would. Well, that's kind of, I am, I mean, because it's all about you know, what we're <laughs> shooting. It's what we, how I make a living. It's what, you know, it's about being able to be the most efficient that you can. And uh, you brought up a good point. You know, a BB is a BB, or a number two sh that shot is a number two shot, whether it's shot from a 10-gauge, a 12-gauge, or a 20-gauge. Oh, Even a 14-gauge. So glad you brought somewhere. that up. <laughs> and I would rather shoot yep. a 20-gauge. It shoots right on for me with a good tight, with yep. a good uniform pattern than a, than a three and a half uniform, inch 12. Yep. 
which a lot, you know, yep. the thing about three and a half, 12 with me, it would be great for turkey, but for water, you know, for wean shooting, you know, the long string doesn't do you any good. And exactly. Yep. But and, and, not, and honestly, you know, 20 years ago, you, you probably couldn't have utilized a 20 gauge as much because of the technology and, and shot shells, you know, in the past 10 years, really five, I would say it's been exploding, but there is, there's zero kinetic energy difference between a 20 gauge and a 12 gauge these days. And a lot of people will be like, well, I got, I like the more pellets. Well, in a 12 gauge, three inch and a 20 gauge, three inch, if you're shooting number threes, like you said, they're the same size, no matter if it's 10 gauge or 410, they're still the same size pellet. But what what people aren't realizing, there's only about a 9% difference between a 12 gauge, three inch and a 20 gauge, three inch, as far as pellet count goes. And that, that averages out to be about 26 to 32 pellets. So it's not a lot of pellet difference, even going from 12 to 20. Oh, you brought up a good point on that 20 gauge because, you know, the older I, I'm getting, and I am getting older, but, but my wife, you know, I've got my <laughs> wife in, into, into it, and she loves it. She's been successful. Yeah. And the cool thing about hunting turkeys, hunting deer with it, she's hunting big in the waterfowl. Her, her first two geese, I have to tell you, the first two geese I called it that she killed, and this was two different groups. Both were banded. So I think she's just get out of here. Horse. That's the honest <laughs> truth. And you know what's funny, Jesse? She didn't realize when I forgot the. And I'm sitting in the blind and A-frame. It's just in one of our fields, just north <laughs> of our house. And you know, of course, we live right on the waterfowl refuge. So these birds got to go over our house, and and we see them every right. day. And and uh, anyway, I'm, so I, I'm kind of calling and working them. And we got the A-frame because of the terraces that we have that the land the breakage in the land so i always like to if i know where they're coming we kind of put that uh, a-frame on the downside and so it kind of helps break that the uh, height of it and so you start hitting those geese and man they'll lock up and then they're just coming right over your head so i would work with her and tell her which one to shoot and you know i got her shooting and she <laughs> shoots real good and, and uh, in fact one awesome. of the, her gun that she shoots i happen to be one of the years judging the world goose i i'm uh i can't remember but one of the best duck callers he and he's from Tennessee. But anyway, he, he, him and I, we walked there together, and he took me into Albright's guns. And I got to meet Mr. Albright and got a cap. And yep. he had a Benelli M1 Super 90, I think, a three-inch gun. Yep. And, and I got it, and I got it for a great price. But I did, like you said, I sent it to somebody, and I had it, you know, the little forcing <laughs> cone in the choke system and put another $300, in, you know, with dipping. But that's what she shoots. And, <laughs> so anyway... She's practicing. She got her, and I went and got the first goose, and she had them both laying there. And I got the first one, and I said, "Holy crap!" I said, "I cannot believe you got a band." She's like, "What? What's a band?" So then I tell her, "I said, you know, I've guided a lot of guys getting their first goose. I don't think I've ever guided someone with their first goose being banded." So then I walked over to the number two one. I was going to shoot into that group with her, and I and, and so I did. So I go over there and I pick up the second one. No, holy crap! And I actually didn't pick that. And and here's another one banded. And she's just you know. So she didn't realize till everybody was telling her, "Oh my gosh, I've been hunting my whole life, never got a band." Now she realized. So this year we're hunting. Every goose I shoot, she's going, "Is that got a band? Is that got a band?" Got a band. <laughs> so she's a and two band one. Pretty quick. But what I'm trying to say, you know, she's going to get more into it. And, and she actually draws a lot of attention on social media and trying to get other, you know, women into hunting. So this year, I am going to get her, you know, a Rote 20 gauge. And I think Absolutely. myself a 20 gauge. And, and, you know, and I think for her and for myself both, you know, something a little smoother shooting. And so 
Yeah. Tell me about the popularity of the 20 gauge that has grown with Retay. Yeah, it's been huge. I mean, we you know we obviously seen the the spectrum turn a little bit to 20 gauge a little bit more in the southeast, especially. I mean, you know, your timber guys and and some of your uh, your smaller impoundment hunters and stuff like that, they, they just don't see the need for those three and a half inch and, and really even 12 gauge anymore. So. Um, and like you said, the popularity of some of these new brands of shells that are out too. But so we actually stepped out on the line this year and and have introduced, and it'll be here. Let's see, uh, we're in April. It'll be here in the next two months. So by June, you'll see uh, actually our Gordian line. So our Gordian still has the same you know Mar Pro barrels that are drilled with forcing cones. Still has the inertia plus bolt system. But the one difference between the Mas MR and the Gordian is that the Mas MR has a removable trigger group, and that. And really, it's capable of that because of a two-piece receiver, right? So the two-piece receiver, which is the top of the receiver, is actually built into the barrel, and it's steel, comes off and removes, so that allows us to get to the back for the removable trigger feature. Well, on the Gordian, it's a single-piece receiver, so we don't have a removable trigger in there, but we do have just a single piece. And, and all of our trigger groups, by the way, are, are single-piece alloy. That's one of the other things that sets us apart from everybody else is that we don't actually use pressed plastic parts um, for the internals of our guns whatsoever. Whatsoever. And actually, the only synthetic parts on our guns are our stock forearm and the plug. That's it. Everything else is machine milled out of alloy. Um, but that one-piece receiver Gordian, because it is a little bit more simple to make, the price point is actually eight fifty-nine in camo and seven forty-nine in black. So that Gordian this year will be out in the twenty gauge. And me personally, because being a twenty gauge guy, we also cut six ounces off of that gun. So we're down to about six pounds, one and a half ounces on that twenty gauge Gordian. So I'm looking forward to that, and that'll be the one that I get you guys taken care of with. So. Awesome, man! I, I tell you what, I'm excited about that. I was showing. I'm like you. I <laughs> I'm focused when I'm when season starts. I'm focused on scouting, killing, tuning, whatever work, cleaning the gun. Yep. I'm sorry, you know my dad. We wrote. My dad was always about keeping your guns clean, and he had, he had, <laughs> and every time you know the old 1100 be shining. We got done hunting, everything we cleaned. It just That's doesn't right. happen today. I think because we're busy. So I showed my wife today the simplicity of taking that trigger housing out. I mean, it was yep. just pop, pop, and I haven't done anything to it for two years, and hunted in mud, and <laughs> hunted some nasty stuff, and then how easy the barrel, and I mean, it's so simple, yep. and it's solid, it and is. you feel like you've got something solid in your hand, and then Absolutely. right back in. I mean, I don't have to be an engineer or a gunsmith to figure it out. No, the, the only key thing to that is when you're putting the Moss MR trigger group back in is that you got to press and hold that bolt release down, the big yeah. button on the side that says yeah. retake. you got to press and hold that down to allow it to slip back in. And once it, I mean, it literally falls home at that point. So once it falls home, you're ready to go. And if, uh, you know, we hear, we got some pretty good service stories about that too, because a lot of guys will just think it comes out so easy to push it back in, right? But I've heard, uh, well, man, I, you know, I've hit this thing with a ball bear, you know, or a oh, rubber mallet, and uh, I can't get it back in, you know? And so we end up having to send them a, a YouTube video to get it back together. But once you get it, get it the first time, it's a, it's it's so simplistic. But even with the single pin and the Gordian, though, you know, it's a, it still breaks down exactly the same, and then your barrel just has a sheath, you know, that, that goes inside of the receiver, and, you know, in a minute, you can break down and put that gun back together. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and yeah, I kind of laugh at what you said because you turn it over when you turn it upside down. I look at it and you know that oh, I got to move this to put this in. It's pretty simple, right? <laughs> and you, know, you just yeah. push that button it, that you'd goes be surprised. in. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a monkey, but I'm pretty close. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we've heard some good ones. So. Well, let me ask you this, and and when you uh, absolutely, if this talk turkey guns, we're in turkey season right now. Yeah. And uh, so you got the twelve and a twenty both. Um, yes, sir. What is uh, besides the gauge? Any difference? I mean, let's talk about what's the specials and the same thing that you're getting with your turkey gun, either the the, the length, the pull, or the length of barrel. Yep. I mean, go ahead. I'll let you talk about. Yeah. That. So. No, absolutely. So we we haven't seen a turkey gun for a while, honestly, because we've been we've been completely out of them since about January, which is one you know good problem to have. But we've uh, the one thing that separates our our turkey guns from any other gun is our barrel length. Obviously, um, our Moss MR 20 gauge comes in a 22 inch barrel, so it gives you that small compact uh, the feature. But what it also allows is because the top of the receiver is steel, we can drill and tap and put a, a picatinny rail right on that gun out the door and it comes with filler screws so if you want to take your rail off you just put the filler screws in but you know for the for the turkey hunter and the serious turkey hunter we're, we're i can't elaborate too much on it but we're taking a couple more steps next year to really dial that thing into the turkey gun but uh the gordian 12 gauge same same concept goes down to a 24 inch barrel um but since it is a single piece alloy receiver and this goes for any brand not just us uh, drilling and tapping an alloy receiver is not the most long-term solution and the reason for that is is alloy is not as hard as steel right so a lot of times you have guys that mount red dots and some bigger scopes on and over time you're you're more than likely going to strip those threads out um and that's just from recoil and you know having the weight on top of it but so what we've actually done is created a dovetail picatinny rail so the dovetail every gordian comes cut with a dovetail on the top of it so that you can actually lock on a dovetail rail Oh, wow. uh, Picatinny that allows you to then put a red dot on or, or a scope or whatever you want. So, and we're we're playing around with some things that we'll have out next year. Like I said, dialing in the turkey stuff a little bit more. Um, we can only do you know, it, it's a good problem when we can only do so much at one time, right? Because we're we're making so much product and and uh, and really trying to make big drastic changes could be de- detrimental for us. But you know, we're only four years old, man. I you know we get a lot of calls on guys that'll say, well, hey man, when's the left handed coming? Or when we're getting the twenty eight gauge? Or when are we getting this or that and, and and every time the same answer you know we're like hey we're we're making as many right-handed guns that we have on the market right now and and we can't stop to do anything else but as soon as we have that capability we're going to keep driving for it with different options and you know sub gauges and and left-handed abilities and things like that soon so well what you're doing is right is that you're working on the necessity first as i think too many yes, people and i can speak just in, in our aspect of, in the business you know it's we you know, with Lynch Mob, it was quite a bit bigger, and we got with now it's just legendary gears. My wife and myself, and it, you know, we were all yep. about the quality, and said, hey, we might not be the biggest, we want to be the best, and and um, and but you need to focus on what your priority is, and, and then go to the next. <laughs> and if you put too many irons in the pots, you know, it's kind of like the yep. jack of all trades and master of none. Master and, of none. <laughs> so I can identify <laughs> exactly it. what you what you guys and I respect to that, you know. Can you explain yes, a little bit? You. We talked to you and I talked before the podcast here, but would you explain a little bit about you know being a Turkish brand and how that came about? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Hassan Kapez is the owner and developer of Rite Turkey. Um, they're they're based out of Konya, Turkey, which is about a, a two and a half hour flight south of Istanbul. If you're familiar with the country, um, you know Turkey has been, and whether anybody knows this or not, and I, it's not really a spoiler, but a lot of your products for your firearms, whether they say they're made in another country or whatnot, those parts and products are coming from Turkey and they make a 
large amount of the firearms in the world. And they're very good at industrial machining, right? Um, the one thing that we have seen in the past, and we combated this early on, was you know, everybody hears and they're like, oh, it's just another Turkish gun. Well, we can understand that, and that's why we spend so much time really trying to you know, dig into the, the details of why we are different. And it really comes down to we're one of the, the only brands in Turkey that actually only makes our own product. We don't make anybody else's product. Nobody else make, makes our product or parts or anything else. So everything's completely made in-house. And that's why, you know, the control of, of production is, is a lot greater than these other brands. And a lot, you know, when you see these fly-by-night companies that come in, you know, very low-quality parts and product, and they're turning them around at a low price point and just trying to flood the market with them, and they're gone in a year. Well, that was kind of their mentality at first. And then with Hassan starting Rite in 2006, um, he was actually an engineer for another company. And in, in Turkey, another big name company that doesn't say they're made in Turkey, but they have a factory in Turkey, go figure. Um, they, they, he actually left there because he had all these ideas with the inertia plus and the removable trigger and drilled barrels and, uh, and left in 2006 to start retail. And he actually had a 10 year non-compete clause and he couldn't work. He couldn't work in the shotgun market for 10 years. Wow. So when he started retail, he actually, uh, yeah, it was pretty nuts. I mean, to, to see where he is now, but he actually started in blank guns. So blank pistols and air rifles. So that was the two things that he could make without, you know, running into the legality of his non-compete. And, um, and he started the business in 2006, 2016. He could come back and, uh, you know, put a shotgun on the market. And in 2017, uh, Chris Andy, who, like I said, is our owner and, and who lived locally to me in, on the western side of, of Maryland, um, which we're going to come back to, by the way, because we got to cut the middle sliver out of Maryland because western Maryland's great. You just got to get rid of that center, that center part of D.C. Baltimore. We'd be the best state in the world. But anyway, yeah. so we lived over there. <laughs> and uh, and um, so he had actually been into importing some some high end over and under shotguns out of Italy, and um, one thing led to another. Got in contact with Rite. They kind of told him their process that they're trying to bring their brand to the United States. Uh, he met with him at Shot Show, and a couple months later, he was in Istanbul meeting with him again. He was at the factory, and then really things have progressed. I mean, that was just 2017. So you're talking about you know. That was five years ago, not even five years ago at this point, and, and everything has transpired since then. But they've grown extremely fast, too, and, and that's one of the things that we're, like you said, you know, trying to hone in our process. But once uh, they're, they're adding on, there's a lot more machining going in, and, and it's pretty, pretty impressive what they've done in a short period of time over there. Very impressive. So, well, yeah. anything special that, uh, that we should be looking at that you just or actually probably can't get into, can you? Any top secret? I won't record no, it. <laughs> yeah, no, I got nothing top secret. There's things we're working on that'll that never leaves the pocket. But the um, you know, for this year, for 2022, we we obviously like we talked about, we have the Gordian 20 gauge coming out, um, which like we said on the turkey stuff, that'll probably fold into a turkey gun for next year. Um, another thing we're excited about is we're actually touching all aspects of the price margin this year or the price market. We're actually releasing our first uh, pump three and a half inch uh, shotgun. So it'll be a three and a half inch pump um 28 inch barrel field gun if you would because last year we did release a three inch tactical slash you know home defense uh with an 18 inch barrel on it 18 and a half inch barrel but this year it's a full out i mean it's it when you when you get your hands on this thing and i, I can't wait because you talk about that feel 
it will be very reminiscent of, of pump guns of old. They, it is built stout. Um, it's a three-and-a-half-inch gun, and because we couldn't leave well enough alone, we actually uh, invented a floating forearm technology. So, you know, oh. when you had your old old pump gun, that the first thing that happened was that your mag tube would just turn solid steel color, right, because it would wear all the, the coating off. Well, our, uh, our two-piece slide system actually allows that forearm to float over the mag tube, so it never mars up the mag tube. So your gun's going to look like it did coming out of the box day one. Well, that's going to be a huge seller for you. Oh yeah, yeah, we're excited about that one. So that's why I'm getting ready to hit the road, and 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 sell season's not that far away already. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, in the catalog I got that uh, um, your guys is the Turkish walnut guns are just gorgeous. You know, that- absolutely, yeah. Well, there there you go. Actually, I'm glad you even said that because we uh, the third thing because we are releasing a third line this year um, on top of the Gorian 20 gauge and the GPS XL, which is a three and a half inch pump. Um, will be the the Italian model. So we're actually dipping our foot into the sporting grade uh, models a little bit. So high end, you know, the Turkish walnut is some of the prettiest wood out there. Like you said, it's uh, it's almost furniture grade, right? I mean, it's it's too pretty to. I, I would beat it to death. I don't even own one of them. Trust me, but. Uh, it's it'll come with a, a great four piece of walnut we'll have it in two models and it'll be a three inch still with a removable trigger but what we did was went to a alloy shroud on the top of the receiver um a little bit more engineering to, to drop some weight off to shoot you know to combat those lighter loads um that you're going to see on the trap field and it also has some really nice uh customized scrolling on the receiver so it's really pretty good but we're, we're excited about that one too well, I'm telling you what, you guys are we're doing. You're doing a lot for only four years, and you're building it up. <laughs> and you know, it's awesome. And I'm I'm really happy for you and and uh, your family Thank doing you. well, and and your daughter getting better there. Absolutely. And- and uh, I'll tell you what, no, definitely. I, and we and we thank you honestly. I mean, you know, there's you know, a lot of people talk about the growth of retail, and we can't take you know really credit for that. I mean, we're kind of you know puppet stringing, but you know, without without folks folks like you that have that have shot our product, and there's by the way, there's no money involved here, right? You shoot our product that's because right. you know that's what you shoot, and you know, one of the things that that we've really kind of laid our groundwork on is that real real people that shoot our products, right? Give real recommendations i guess you'd say um they give real testimonies and that's one of the things that we've we've always been really proud of growing upon was that that real hunters use our products and they ain't afraid to tell anybody what they think about it so that's what uh, that's what's really cool to see is, is is how much you know you and our community has grown in the past couple of years and it's we're just blown away by it so we can't thank you enough well you hit nail on the head i wouldn't use a product unless i believed in it and and that's the truth Absolutely. because I'm, i've been in this too long and and it's just, but Rite, you know, like I said, other people around here that are starting to shoot the Rite said the same things. And what I respect about it is making, you know, working, trying to make the best product out there, but keeping it at a, at a respectable price that the average working guy oh, yeah. can understand. You know, it's some of the guns, that, Absolutely. the market in the last five years has gone crazy in pricing. It's nuts, yeah. But that, that that's a pure reflective result of us making our own product, right? So not only do we make every part, but we can control the price point of that too. So, you know, where people are making their guns, you know, in eight different countries, right? Their triggers may came, you know, pressed plastics come from China. Their receivers come from here. They may have some OEM parts made in India, and then they send them to one place and they assemble them. Well, all those people are getting paid, right? Which at the end of the day is just driving the bottom dollar up. And for us, when that gun leaves the factory floor in Konya, Turkey, it's made in-house and it comes right to us in Eastern Maryland and it goes right to our dealership base. And that's what really kind of keeps us on the on the cutting edge of the price point as well. Well, man, keep doing the great work. And guys out there, anybody interested this year, you need to check out the new Rite and what's coming out. And 
y'all have any questions, reach out to me on social media or call me and, and I'll tell you the honest of my reviews of Rite, if you have any questions. But Jesse, I know you're busy, my yeah. friend, and thank you so much for your time. I, I hope for safe travels with you. And uh, hey, I appreciate that very much. And thank you for having me on. I'm actually going to be uh, going to jump on a plane here in the next couple of hours and head to Texas to go see if I can't find some in Rio's running around. Oh, man. Well, good luck to you. And hey, folks, I appreciate <laughs> you staying tuned. Uh, see you in the field next week. And uh, God bless. Hunt safe, hunt smart. And may the good Lord be your guide.